This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Early last month, a former high school teacher in her highly engaged Instagram community joined together to forgive millions of dollars in medical debt. They fundraise for RIP Medical Debt, which is an organization that makes a massive impact because they buy debt at hugely discounted prices so that a $1 donation can forgive $100 of debt. The initial goal was to raise $20,000 to forgive $2 million. And her community quickly surpassed that, raising half a million dollars, which will turn into $50 million in forgiven medical debt. Based on our research, it appears that this is the single largest single amount raised for RIP medical debt. And it all happened because of thousands of people coming together to give whatever they could to help strangers with crippling medical debt. They proved that together, we can do really good things for one another. This is Sounds Good. I'm Brandon Harvey. Our guest today is that teacher, Sharon McMahon. She's the leader of an Instagram community of more than 500,000 diverse followers. And she continues to teach and uses her Instagram to combat misinformation. As a former high school government and law teacher, she knows a thing or two about democracy. And she shares practical, nonpartisan information about governments and democracy and teaches her followers how to spot bias and decipher facts from conspiracies. She also hosts workshops, which she calls Government for Grownups, and you may have seen her recently on The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. I'm so excited for you to hear Sharon's chair, why it's valuable to pay attention to facts even when it doesn't feel as good as leaning into our biases. And she also shares how she carved out the best and most positive corner of the internet and how we can all work together to make our country and world as thoughtful and generous as her community. So without any further ado, let's jump right into the show. With the amount of misinformation and disinformation out in the world right now, and we've obviously seen this lead to catastrophic consequences on a number of levels over the last year, you are choosing to do something bold and you're choosing to just share facts. You're doing this online with your amazing community on Instagram. Why are you doing this? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's one of those things that I I realized when I've been talking with friends and family, it's really difficult to discern and ascertain what are the facts of the matter because so many sources of uh, places that we go to look for news, look for updates, look for information, um, so much of it is infused with 
opinion. And there's nothing wrong with opinions. We all have them. But sometimes it's really nice to just know, okay, give me what the facts are so I can form my own educated opinion. And that is what has been missing in the public square, I've discovered. So if people are making decisions about how they feel about politicians, policies, world-changing events, without knowing what the facts are, what do you think that they're basing their opinions on instead of facts? Or I'll lump myself into this too when I'm not being thoughtful about this. What am I also basing these decisions on if, if not facts? Yeah, that's a great question. And a lot of it just comes down to um, some some people align with whatever the party they identify with is is saying should happen. They just say, well, if the Republicans say that, I'm going with that, or the Democrats believe that, I'm going with that, or they look to family members and friends for information. But what I'm really seeing is a movement towards just validating your own already held beliefs about a situation with information from social media. So if you already believe X, your your ability to quickly find more information on social media that supports X kind of is absolving people of doing research on whether X is actually legitimate, a good policy, are there better alternatives? We are existing in these kind of echo chambers of of information that already support what we believe. It feels just so good to support what you already believe. And yes. maybe can you give me a selling point on on because I'm sure that if you're working hard to pay attention to the facts, it does feel good at some point. Can you like sell me on that? Can you sell the listeners on that? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Like it actually doesn't feel that good to be confronted with information that you don't like. Mm. Right? Doesn't feel good. So why would we want to seek it out? And I would posit that not knowing the full picture, not understanding the full story is actually very dangerous, not just to your own intellectual development, but it's dangerous for America. It's dangerous for the world. If we are taking actions based on beliefs that may or may not be rooted in truth, that can have very disastrous consequences. And you have seen that play out over and over and over throughout history. And a common example that historians might give is, you know, related to Nazi Germany, related to Hitler. People at the time didn't seek out alternative viewpoints. They just continue to swallow what they were being told and they continue to consume information that was based on what they were being told and they went along with it and it had really disastrous consequences. So that's an extreme example, but one little toe off the garden path of misinformation can lead you into something far more dangerous with before you even realize it. I don't even have this in my notes, but now I'm curious, are there countries or communities outside of your amazing Instagram community that are modeling this really well because I look around and I'm I'm surrounded by a culture that is hyper partisan that is maybe paying more attention to the pundits than the facts is there a model for what this looks like or are we kind of together as a community working hard to create that for the first time what what does that look like in the grander context of things you know, it is difficult to compare the United States to anybody else because we are such a large country geographically. We're large 
um, in terms of population, we're extraordinarily diverse. And so it is really difficult to say, well, hey, Finland is doing a great job at this and we're not. So on, you know, on paper, it might seem like look at what these other small European countries are doing. They have much less division. They have much more unity. They're making, you know, their their citizens are overall happier than ours are. But yet it really is an apples to oranges comparison because we're talking about a very small number of people, a few million people, a very much more homogenous community. So you can't really extrapolate the same data and apply it to the United States. That, I mean, so in that regard, we kind of, like the entire American experiment, which it has been since the beginning, we are building the plane while we're flying it and constantly looking for a way to form not the perfect union, but a more perfect union, like the preamble to the Constitution says. How can we form a more perfect union than where we are today? Because this is so countercultural and you are doing something that that pushes back against our culture, do you find that when you are correcting falsehoods or speaking out and saying, hey, QAnon is not like a a real thing, like Q isn't real, when you're talking about these things, do you like fall into, I don't know, like internet drama or are there consequences where people are mad to be confronted with truth? I have a point. I make a point of not getting sucked into internet drama. It's a personal policy of mine that I don't argue with strangers on the internet, but (laughs) um, (laughs) yes, yes. So, you know, I don't see it in my community. And this is one of the reasons that I love my community so much is just that there are people from a variety of backgrounds, a variety of political beliefs, religious beliefs, who are interested in seeking the truth, who are interested in having conversations based on facts. So I don't see it so much in my community where I do see it is in the comments sections. Uh, you know, like let's say I'm in a, in a newspaper article. Um, it's the comment section where you will get annihilated. <laughs> so it, I just make a point of not even reading those because it's there's no point. I'm Because I have that policy of I'm not going to engage in, you know, drama. I'm not going to engage in a war with a stranger who's probably just a troll anyway. Um, there's no point in consuming that information. It's not, it's not, furthering my mission is not making my life better. So, but that is where you'll see it. Not on my page, but on the comments. It does seem like the comments that you're getting on your own personal Instagram are much better. And do you think that it's, do you think it's a sense of trust? Do you think it's a sense of boundaries? Like, what do you think it is that creates this beautiful pocket of the internet under at Sharon Says So? It really is a beautiful pocket of the internet, isn't it? I just, I'm constantly uh, amazed at like, look at all of these people here. This is incredible. I think some of it has to do with the fact that I am not a screaming, talking head looking for ways to insult people. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, and there, that that is true of people on, on both ends of the spectrum. There are plenty of pundits who are out there looking for ways to degrade and knock down somebody who believes differently than they do. And because I consciously don't do that. I'm not interested in creating more anger and division. I'm not interested in working to destroy somebody who believes differently than I do. Um, I think that I have built a certain degree of trust with the people in my community that I, I am for them. I'm not against them. And 
that I think is that is growing, you know, beautiful fruits that we can see what happens when we plant good seeds, good things grow from that. So uh, I'm very encouraged by seeing what is coming out of my community and what can happen when we work to work together instead of working against each other. We are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to hear more brilliance from Sharon McMahon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sounds Good is sponsored by Happily. Date nights during the pandemic are so hard to do. Oh my goodness. Without safe and easy access to restaurants or movie theaters or events, it can feel like romantic and fun date nights are just an absolute challenge to make happen. But fortunately, the good folks at Happily created the perfect solution. Happily is the maker of Datebox. Datebox is everything you need for a romantic and fun date night right in your home, right in a box. They even include a custom playlist and conversation starters for your date. With easy sign up, flexible plans, and fast shipping directly to you, what more could you ask for? So I actually just got my new date box in the mail. I know I'm technically not supposed to spoil it before I go on the date, but I did open it up to kind of get a feel for what was inside and Oh my goodness, this date has everything you need to make homemade macaroons. Like they've got the ingredients, they've got the recipe card, they've got, it's, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to make macaroons. It'll feel like Sammy and I are on a trip to Paris. But there is also a cruise ship escape game as a part of it. There's conversation starters. And again, there's a custom date playlist. It's such an exciting thing. I love getting the box every month peeking at what's inside or getting yelled at for peeking at what's inside. (laughs) Um, But here's the amazing thing. You can take the pressure off date night and get your first date box for 50% off. That's 50% off. All you have to do is visit thehappily.co and use the code good, good, good. All one word. One more time. That is thehappily.co and get 50% off with the code good, good, good. Sounds Good is sponsored by Libro FM. Libro FM is the company that lets you support a local bookstore every time you download an audiobook. Here's how it works. Libro FM members get one audiobook credit per month for $14.99, and you can use it on any audiobook you want. Last month, I downloaded Matthew McConaughey's audiobook. I just finished it yesterday, and oh my goodness, it was so good. His storytelling is magnificent. I cannot believe all of the wild things that have happened to him in his life. And of course, it's read by the author. So you get to hear Matthew McConaughey's sweet and deep and beautiful voice read you this audiobook. I'm going to read it again, to be honest. I love it. And here's what's amazing. 
when you download audiobooks through Libro FM, you help support a local bookstore of your choosing. You keep money within your local economy, you create local jobs, and you make a difference in your community. As a special offer for Sounds Good listeners, Libro FM is offering two audiobooks for the price of one with your first month of membership when you use the promo code GOOD. All you have to do is visit their website, Libro.fm, that's L-I-B-R-O.fm, and use the promo code GOOD to get started with two audiobooks and to help support this show. You together fundraised $560,000, which went on to forgive $56 million of medical debt through RIP medical debt. What inspired this incredible idea? You know, back in December, I was getting ready to hit 50,000 followers, which is a large milestone on Instagram. Not many people, you know, get there. And it was like, wow, 50,000 followers. This is incredible. And somebody gave me the idea that I should, as to celebrate, I should have like a little Venmo fundraiser where, you know, people send me 50 cents and I raise $1,000 and give it to, to a server or, you know, make somebody's day essentially. And as a result of that, back in December, we raised $125,000 and that was all given away to individuals and organizations. So I had $15,000 left from that. And what I wanted to do was forgive some medical debt because I know how crushing that can be for people. Two-thirds of bankruptcies in the United States uh, involve medical debt. So I partnered with this organization, donated the remaining $15,000, which is going to forgive $1.5 million in medical debt. And I just opened it up. I just opened the floor up to my community and said, what if we donated like $5,000 more? And we could say um, that we donated 20 grand, which is going to forgive $2 million in medical debt. Wouldn't that be such a great accomplishment? And within five days, the members of my community had donated $566,000 when my original goal was 20 grand. And they were like, hold my beer. 20 grand? What are you even talking about? Not even remotely enough. You're thinking too small, McMahon. It really is very astounding. I can't take I can't really take much credit for it. It truly is the amazing members of my community who have a heart for giving, who have a heart for lifting other people up and just continually floored by their generosity. And the fact that we raised this amount of money in five days, (laughs) anyone who works in fundraising, my husband works in nonprofit fundraising, anyone who works in fundraising literally has their jaw hanging open. Like, how... Did that happen? How do you raise $566,000 in five days? It's, it's kind of unheard of. Yeah, it's it's really remarkable because you have a really diverse community. And so it's, it's not necessarily that everybody like has the exact same shared values or belief systems necessarily. Like that's not what did it. It's not that everybody knows each other. This is a digital community and nobody's, you know, met people in, in, in a year. Why do you think that this fundraiser was so record-breakingly successful? Oh, it's such a good question. And like I said, I can't take personal credit for it. What I can say, though, is that the people who choose to follow me, the people who are interested in being part of the, you know, governor community, 
they self-select to do so. And a certain type of person is interested in being in this community. If you visit my page, you're going to quickly see that this is not a place where we're going to scream at each other and have arguments. We're going to think thoughtfully and deeply about real issues. We're going to have discussions where we listen to people who have opposing viewpoints. We're going to respect each other. We're not going to work to destroy each other. And so people who align with those values turns out also align with the idea of helping people, of giving money to assist somebody who needs it. So I can see the alignment of people who share the values that I hope to bring to the table in my community. And the same kind of quality exists with the type of people who are interested in giving to someone who might need help. That is interesting. And maybe maybe we have the opportunity to reverse engineer this. And we say, okay, if we want to have a more generous, giving, loving community, we have to start at the level one of let's work on facts. Let's set boundaries. Let's create like a space where we're not going to dismiss each other, where we're not going to get angry about each other. Where we're like, what else is on that checklist of the ways that we can create this more, more beautiful and generous world? If we were to expand Sharon says so account community into like the whole world. Yeah. Into Congress. Let's start yes. there. <laughs> That's brilliant and beautiful. Um, I think some of it really stems from I, I love what you said that, you know, we're gonna start, we're gonna have set some boundaries. And the boundaries are firm around the idea of facts. They're firm around the idea of a government that is has the rule of law where they're going to be firm around this idea of more than one viewpoint is not just to be tolerated, it is to be expected and welcomed because same thinking is dangerous. I just, you know, going back to my Nazi Germany example, great example of same thinking and where that leads, same thinking is dangerous. Having more than one political party helps ensure our freedoms. The party that is not in power helps limit the power of the party that is ruling at the time or the party that is governing at the time. So having more than one party, very important. I would also add to that listening to understand. And there's a difference between listening to uh, respond and listening to understand. Too often, I am 100% guilty of this. I can hear what you're saying and, and immediately know in my mind, immediately know 211 reasons why what you're saying is wrong. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like that's not even hard for my brain to arrive at that conclusion. So what is more challenging and what does require practice is listening to understand where the other person is coming from rather than just listening to argue about why their viewpoint is wrong. Listening to understand does not obligate you to agree with their conclusion. That is a common misconception that if I take the time to sit sit with you and you tell me why you believe you know, let's say the death penalty should be abolished, just using this as an example. If I sit with you and listen to why you think that, and I take the time to understand how you arrived at that conclusion and why that is so important to you, you leave that conversation feeling much different than if I had spent all of our time arguing why you were wrong. You leave feeling better about that because when humans feel listened to and understood, even if they don't agree, when somebody feels listened to and understood, they go out into the world and interact with it in a different way 
than if they had just been screamed at for half an hour. So we need to move away from this idea that taking the time to to understand where someone else is coming from is somehow damaging your own belief system. If I am against um, you know, abolishing the death penalty, let's say just for the sake of argument that I want to keep it, and I sit and have a conversation with you about why you want to get rid of it, it doesn't damage my viewpoint. Our views should stand up to scrutiny. We should be able to have a conversation about a real issue and have that be thoughtful and have it not turn into, I hate you, we're not friends anymore, get out of my life. We should be able to have those conversations. So I would add listening to understand versus listening to respond to that. And that would take us a really long way. Just agreeing to those boundaries and listening to understand, knowing that we cannot work to destroy each other. I am just so excited thinking about what is possible with, I don't know, I just feel like seeing your community be so excited about what they did together with a diverse group of individuals. I hope that that energy just carries out into, you know, beyond this space and that they do say, I'm going to freaking run for Congress with this exact same thought process. (laughs) Yes. And I hear in my workshops that I teach, I, you know, we have conversations after the workshop is over. We sit and chat and answer questions and whatnot. And somebody told me a couple of nights ago that she, um, you know, just kind of based on her experience in this community, had the courage to go to like a, a state legislative hearing about a topic that was that she felt passionate about. And prior to that, she would have thought, I can't make a difference I, you know, what is the point? I'm nobody. And then once she went to this hearing, she quickly heard, learned that in fact, there was a seat for her at that table. She was going to be able to say like, I'm going to work on this cause because it is important to me. So I am very hopeful. I am very hopeful that we can be the change we want to see, that every small action has an infinite number of ripples, and that incrementally and slowly and through this grassroots effort, we can affect significant change in the world. That's Sharon McMahon, host of Government for Grownups. Make sure that you follow Sharon on Instagram. She is truly amazing. Her username is Sharon Says So. Make sure to sign up for one of her incredible Government for Grownups workshops on her brand new website, SharonMcMahon.com. This podcast was created by Good Good Good. At Good Good Good, we help you feel more hopeful and do more good. You can find more good news and ways to make a difference in our weekly email newsletter, our beautiful print good newspaper, or online at goodgoodgood.co. This episode was created by Kaylee Thompson, Megan Burns, and me, Brandon Harvey. It was edited and sound designed by the team at Sound On Studios. You can find out more about their work at soundonsoundoff.com. Please do us a favor by leaving a review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps more people find the show. Make sure to hit subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And when you find an episode you love, like if you love this one, please share it on Instagram. Tag Good 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 Co. and the guest so that we can all repost you. And with that, that is a wrap for this week's episode. Go out and listen to understand rather than listening to respond. And we'll be back next week with more good news and good action. Sound good? Sound good?